2: Blue fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host, my freezing darling co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
3: Your cold host.
2: My cold host, good one. Uh, Greg is sitting in a car yeah. outside his job right now. Sure am. Uh, what's the temperature there, Greg, out of curiosity?
3: Oh, let's look this up. You know, outside, inside, doesn't matter. I'm not prepared for any of the questions you ever ask me, so we're staying on point. It is... Oh, this is 15 great. 15
2: degrees! Hot <laughs> 15? All nice! Right. Okay, great. Yeah. So let's warm it up by getting into this podcast. What do you say?
3: Oh, God. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, between you, me, and our listeners, Yeah. I might just I might just like hotbox my own car and just start farting just to see <laughs> if it'll warm things up.
2: There's only one way to do that. After the weekend we had, is that the only response you could
3: do? No, the, after the weekend we had, is just like the amount of alcohol in my body. I'd be nervous that if I was trying to force anything out, that it, it, it'd be accompanied by something.
2: Hey, man, at least you won a bunch of money, right? <laughs> I
3: fucking hate you, Ryan.
2: <laughs> that was a good joke. Anyway, uh, let's get this going. So, New York Rangers, this is what this podcast is about, I presume. Yeah. Uh, so, we have yeah. two elite goalies. Is that true?
3: Yes. I hate that word.
2: Okay, you hate the no, elite word? I
3: fucking, I, yeah, it's, it's a stupid fucking word.
2: Well, okay, you could say we have two, Hank is we have, elite. You could no, say Hank is elite. We,
3: That's true. No, stop using that word. We have two goalies that are playing at the top of their games right now. It's a great situation to be in. We don't have to call it elite. We don't have to call it anything beyond what it is. It's a very nice situation oh, to be Greg in. Two cold. goalies that seemingly can't lose. Right, and they're playing out of their minds. So
2: now, my point I wanted to bring up, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that this team has now played two drastically different styles of hockey throughout this season, and has been able to perform and succeed in both ways. The defense hasn't come back to bite them in the ass, but I, I know you're what you're going to say. Both goalies have played out of their ass, despite the defense. These now, this team is yep, playing sure low-scoring, uh, gritty hockey where we can't score five goals every game like we we did a month ago. But we're we're out-clutching teams, and suddenly we can win a shootout. So. That's where we are now. And I, I just want to say, like, this team's obviously built for the long haul, even with these injuries. Uh, once we get back those injuries, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, this team's going to be way better than it is now.
3: I think you're confusing low-scoring games with the team playing good defense, though. I don't think those things are – they can be mutually exclusive. So I, do... I don't think the Rangers are playing – I don't think the Rangers are playing better defense. I think the Rangers are getting better goaltending.
2: That's probably fair. Uh, see, like I, I really like Shea's play play of lately. Holden's been shay has been great. Holden has been impressive to me. Like he hasn't really made any bad mistakes. Holden, Holden's been better. Um, and now and Girardi and Stall have have once again reared their head. Uh, Stall took some bad penalties, uh, especially in the Devil game yesterday. That was or or whatever it was on Sunday. That was pretty bad. Uh, he was getting played up pretty hard. So those two guys the will be exposed, mi- but.
3: The, the McDonough-Dan Girardi uh, defensive pairing, I forgot exactly what stat this is, but there is a, um, it's, not, it's not a direct shot percentage stat, but it's something in that mold. It has Dan Girardi and McDonough as the third worst defensive pairing um, in the league, Oof. which says something because Ryan McDonough has been one of the best Defense individual man. defensive players <laughs> this league. Yes. So if you, put, if you put literally anyone else with Ryan McDonough, uh, it would be interesting to see where they place on that spectrum. But with Dan Girardi, uh, he, they rate out as one of the three worst defensive pairings in the NHL. So again, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not ever going to be prepared to say the Rangers are playing better defensively. I think the Rangers are getting extraordinary goaltending. And extraordinary goaltending, like it does in the playoffs, can carry you for short stretches of time. But over an 82-game season, those warts will get exposed, and it's only a matter of time. And with the Rangers not scoring right now because they're so injured, uh, I think you just need to thank your lucky stars that the Rangers are in the position that they're in.
2: Well, I think we also need to thank our lucky stars that Lunquist didn't get injured during the Stars game. What did you think of the hit on Lunquist during that game? And do you think four games was enough of a suspension?
3: Yeah, um... It's definitely dirty. The thing I don't like is that uh, Aiken left his—he left the ice. Yeah, he it left his like feet. he elevated himself to jump up into Henrik, which is, I, like a hit on a goalie. I don't think should be as taboo as some people make it out to be. If a goalie leaves the crease and makes himself available in open ice, I, I view it as like a quarterback running out of the pocket. But yeah, I view it the in, same way. The way in which, the way in which Hank was hurt, if that was any player getting hurt in that way, I think his suspension is warranted. And four games seems to be the going rate for that kind of hit right now. So I think the, I would personally I, – I, I don't know how much longer this suspension would – like is six games better than four, really, when you think about it. No. The fact that he got suspended is good. Uh The hit was dirty. And the fact that Hank was able to come back in and preserve the shutout all, all good things. All good things.
2: That was probably one of the most fun games I've watched this year. Actually, I got I got home a little bit afterwards, and I got to watch the replay of the Rangers and sixty of the entirety. Hank put out of his fucking mind, and you could tell that. You know, I, I don't want. I'm gonna make drama right here, but you know, the pressure of of Ranta playing so well really put Hank into the zone he needed to be in. Now I know he was just in a slump, but he probably worked with Benoit the entire time he was on practice, and he was benched for four games, which, you know, has he ever been benched for four games in his career? No, other than, like, injuries. So he was a healthy scratch that entire time. and it, it just seemed like he knew the pressure of the situation. Like, he was going to, if he did come out and let five goals in, you know, he was going to keep not playing until, until he returned to form. But he is now the second star of the week this week, and that's the second week in a row the Rangers have a goalie in the second star, which also happens to be two different goalies.
3: This is why the goalie thing was never a controversy because there was no scenario in which Henrik Lundqvist was going to keep sitting. He was going to keep – A.V. was just going to keep playing the hot hand and Antti Ranta was playing unbelievable hockey. He posted back-to-back shutouts and stopped all but one shot in a week. Ronta warranted staying in the lineup. You could make the case that even the game Ronta lost before Hank came back in, it was only a two-to-one game. There's yeah. really no reason you could make – There was no bona fide reason in that game, throughout it, to be like Ranta now shouldn't be playing; his streak is run out. You could have made the case that he should have stayed in there, but he didn't get a start last week. Hank, Hank definitely just viewed the rest as a challenge. And there's nobody I feel more confident about responding to a challenge, maybe in Rangers history, than Henrik Lundqvist. Maybe Mark Messier, the only other guy. You challenge Hank; he's going to step up to the plate. Hank is single-handedly the reason why the Rangers went to -to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. It's not like Hank has always been given these juggernaut teams that had to do everything just riding the backs of the offense. Hank's been the reason for the large part of the last decade why the Rangers have been a relevant hockey franchise. And Hank's exiting his prime for sure. I think it takes longer for Hank to get into the rhythm than it would have a couple years ago. But this is Hank. He's right. back. He's fine. This is why I never wanted to call it controversy. Some would call him elite, you know? Go, look, Some guys look, would call him elite. Look, I oh, that word. Look, <laughs> Hank needs rest because the Rangers need him at his best in April. If you can find him a week off in December and win games while he sits on the bench, that's honestly the best case scenario. And that's what the Rangers did.
2: Yeah, I, I can't complain. Once again, this team continues to impress me the you know that devil's game on Sunday should have been five nothing uh pretty pretty immediately we on the penalty kill that entire game we almost, I think we had four shots on goal well they had one during two penalty uh dude two power plays uh we broke away every single pe- uh every single penalty kill we were I, I couldn't believe the goals uh the the goals that Schneider was denying us and he's obviously a very good goalie but that devil's team is just not good. And I have a feeling I was speaking to our, our good friend Jeff, who was on the podcast last week on Saturday night during our, our trip to Mohegan Sun, and he just looked at me and said, this Devils team fucking sucks. They suck. And I, it's hard for me not to... They played their asses off against the Rangers, but and losing in a shootout, like, let's just let's just admit it. Shootouts, they, that's a shitty way to decide. A uh, well, Welcome back to Potty Mouth, by the way. That's a shitty way to decide a game. But uh, when
3: you win one, boy, does it feel sweet. Yeah, the... Devils definitely have some nice pieces to move forward with. Obviously, everyone would love to have Taylor Hall. I think Kyle Palmieri. Kyle Palmieri is great. Schneider is great. Uh, I personally like Adam Henrique, but, I mean, it's, it's slim pickings on the rest of the roster. Everybody else is kind of in that, to me at least. I'm sure Jeff would disagree with this assessment, but it feels like everyone else is kind of like a, the hockey equivalent of a quad A player, a little too good to be in the a- AHL, but not really good enough to have a consistent role in the NHL. Um, there's just there's just not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to, you know, not a whole lot of juice to squeeze there. It's outside of Hall, Palmieri, Henrique, and Schneider, and Schneider's not that young. Schneider's been around a while. I I, know honestly, if you're the Devils, I wonder if you think about what you could possibly get in trade for Corey Schneider.
2: I don't think they think about that at all. Do they? I don't know. I'm looking up his age right now, but I I don't think that that's really like, like it's hard to find elite goaltending. I mean, what would Dallas give for Schneider? You know, that that's the team that would, that would want him, right? Well,
3: that's, that's not young. uh, He's 30. You're correct. Wow. Yeah. You could, you could ask for a large return. I'm not saying like they need to sell low on Corey Schneider, I just think it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to have the conversation with a team like the stars. Like you want to give us three first round picks and two young players for Corey Schneider. I'm not saying the stars would do that either, but I, I just, I don't know how much depth that is quality that the devils have. And it, I I think it's, I think it's worth having that discussion. It definitely is. I mean, the Islanders
2: was a, was a team of last, even last year, where I was I was very scared of this team going forward. They seemed young and they had a lot of good pieces. They had one of the best fourth lines in the league, and now look at them. They're minus eighteen, maybe because they didn't make certain trades and they, they let guys go to free agency, right? And they just let them walk. Well,
3: yeah, when you lose when you lose Franz Nielsen, Kyle Poso, and then you bring someone in like Andrew Ladd, who to this point in time is just flatlined as a signing, you're not going to be better. That's for sure. No, that's not. Helping. And their defense is just. Their, their defense is almost completely opposite. The same players are just playing as well as they did last year, so poorly this year. The, the worst two, uh, two of the four worst defensive pairings in the NHL are the top two pairings for the Islanders. It's really impressive.
2: That's pretty brutal. That is tough. Um, let's talk about these injuries real quick. So, Bushnovich, he is literally a mystery at this point in time. Uh, he skated once over the past two weeks, uh, there has been no news. It's radio silent. The way I look at it is we might not see him until well after January, it seems at this point. Just just a gu- guess or hunch at my point, I think they're really strengthening it, strengthening him in the background, and they do not want him skating until he's fully healthy. They're not risking it. I don't know yeah. if you have any opinion on that whatsoever.
3: Uh, I am not a
2: doctor. Sounds good. Uh, Rick Nash has pulled his other groin. So there's that. How
3: important is the groin?
2: I, you know what, it sounds important. Like if uh, I've never pulled my groin, but I, I can imagine it's it's a very bad time. And pulling your other groin
3: is, I will, you know. So. I will say this: I groin once in my life. It was during in high school. We had to take swim classes as part of our PE, and we were. It was the day we were doing the side stroke, and I remember I'm in the deep end, and I just, I guess I kicked too hard, and I just felt and heard a pop in my groin and it was excruciating for about 10 minutes until I was able to somehow get myself out of the deep end and out of the pool because it literally it rendered one of my legs just utterly useless and I I will say that was a miserable feeling Um, and I'm sure that wasn't even like a severe groin pull it was just like pulling it in the worst possible situation.
2: Yeah, because now you have uh, to swim, or you'll drown. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, not great. Not great. Not, not great. Great. The drowning part, you know, tough. So, so basically, that that story is to say, Rick Nash, I feel you, dude. I feel you, bro. Uh, I think, and I think he's going to be out. It sounds like he's going to be out a couple weeks. So. You I, think it's I, gonna,
2: I, I didn't see any reports the, on time just yet, um, but you think it's going to be a couple weeks? Uh,
3: Larry, oh. Larry Brooks. Larry Brooks dropped the very unfriendly indefinitely in his article today. Uh, and I can't remember the last time an indefinitely injury didn't require at least two weeks out.
2: That's such a crap injury, too, because Rick Nash, the way he's been playing these past two weeks has been phenomenal. Uh, just him taking the puck up the ice just on the Devils game, where he deked out like three different Devils and almost scored, was a sight to see. He looked like an entirely different player, and he has for the past month when he was playing, aside from the ground it- injury.
3: Was it against the Predators he had the snipe of all snipes? Yes, it was. That was that was the first Oh, call. my God.
2: Rick Nash playing that, out that of his snipe mind.
3: Was, that, that snipe was homoerotic. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, it was incredible. And to lose him now when we've already lost so much depth and we just cut Josh Duras and we're sitting Peary for Pumple. Um, you, know, Peary... you know,
3: it's Pumple. Like, he's not trying to fool you on his name. <laughs> Sorry,
2: my bad, Matt. Um, and, uh, but Pierre's going to play now. So, you know, all this depth we have is really really come back to help us. This this Penguins game, uh, coming up today, when you're listening to this, or if you're after listening afterwards, is going to be, uh, quite the scene. I I do not have the best feeling about it, uh, but we are playing gritty right nor now. Nor should you. Yeah, nor should I. And, uh, I want to get to our, our brand new segment. Uh, the good and the bad. You know, I just made this up. Uh, so the good news is, uh... We have 47 points, and we lead the Metropolitan Division at this point in time. The bad news is we play the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're two points behind us. The even worse news is they have two games to hand on us. The even, even, even worse news is is this, and this is the most unbelievable thing. There's two most unbelievable things today, by the way. This is the first one. The Blue Jackets are on a nine-game win streak. They're 9-0-1 in their last ten. They, are, they have 44 points. They have more points than ev- than every other first-place team, except for the Canadians and Blackhawks in, in the in the league. So anyone else in the, any other division, they have more points than.
3: They have five games so, in hand on us. So, so, hold, hold, hold on. So the Blue Jackets... Sorry, I, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. The, yeah, <laughs> the Blue Jackets only ha- would be leading the Pacific, ex- but still would not be leading ex- the other three divisions. I'll put Africa. it this way. Ex- you made it sound like... Yeah, the Blue Jackets are the best team in hockey, except for these five teams. Let, that let are me better than let them.
2: me rephrase that. With the exception of the Blackhawks and the Canadians, they would be second place or higher in every other division.
3: No, you're still doing you, you you're doing it terribly. Okay, you, you, all you for me me, say great. is okay, because you're forgetting that there are only four divisions. Like you're trying to make this grandiose statement, but there are four divisions. So. <laughs> The Blue Jackets in any other division would be a number two seed That's at cr- the minimum.
2: There you go. Correct. And in, the pacif-
3: at the, in, the, in the Pacific, they'd be the number one. That's correct. And the but, f- be- but because the Metropolitan Division is on steroids, they're the number three.
2: The Flyers are in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. They're 9-1-0 and in their last ten, and they have 41 points. They're tied with the Capitals. So our division is on steroids. I predict five teams will get into the playoffs from this division and it'll be a race to the end. The second worst thing that happened today, or best thing, is Trump. N- Trump has elected to put in control of the. Uh, I think he's the secretary of the army, the owner of the Panthers. So, congratulations, owner of the Panthers.
3: That's a true Hold story. On. I want to go. I want to go back in time. I'm still in a betting mood because we just lost so much money at Mohegan. Okay. Um, I want to make a bet with you that. Uh, so you you think the Flyers and the Capitals who are in fourth? You think those will be either the Flyers, Capitals, or the Flyers and the Blue Jackets, or the Blue Jackets and the Capitals? You're saying both wildcard teams will come out of the Metropolitan Division?
2: I am saying that, yes.
3: So you will give me the field when I, when I say one of the teams from the Atlantic, or whatever the name of the other division is. So that, is, that would mean be you, would like either,
2: you would like either the Lightning or the Panthers? Uh, or the Bruins to one of those those teams
3: would have to be you know yeah okay yeah I'll give yeah. you a feel I do I uh, do I like I like one of those three teams being a wild card team I don't think the Flyers are for real uh, and I think the Blue Jackets are playing with a little bit of hocus pocus too so I don't uh, I don't buy into December hot streaks I it, I want it to be known that I will take one of the Lightning Bruins or Panthers over. Uh, a metropolitan team for the final wild card spot.
2: That's fine. We'll uh, we'll, we'll maybe get a dinner bet or something like that. How about that? I'll buy you dinner.
3: Dinner bet. Dinner bet. I get to choose the uh, winner. Chooses the restaurant.
2: Sounds. That's great. I love this. And we'll report on it. All right. So we'll, we'll write that down and we'll put it on the on this week's description and we'll uh, we'll come back to it at the end of the season. It is known. It is known. Um, so now that I've touched on all that, I mean, the blue jacket thing with Tortorella is is pretty damn impressive. I thought that team would suck. I mean, I'm, I'm on record of saying that team would suck, and they they have now have and, they now look, the second best goal so differential much, in, the, in the league, and we're first, and we only have one better yeah, well, than them.
3: So I know, but kind of like how the Rangers right now are winning with a lot of hopes and dreams. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 sold on the Blue Jackets being the you know second coming of Christ or anything.
2: I'm not saying that either. It's a, that's just a very impressive streak, and they've they've hung around all games. So uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. Hope. So, I mean, I would. I want the Lightning to be out of the playoffs. If I'm being honest with you, so I'm I'm hoping for it.
3: Um, yeah. Well, I got the Bruins and the Panthers too, bro.
2: Let's talk about these two games coming up uh, very briefly, and then we'll will I know you're you're freezing in your car, so we'll talk a little bit of nonsense and get out of here for you. Uh, this Penguins, Hello, buddy. we have the national holidays coming up. We only have two games this week before the Christmas holiday on Saturday. Happy Christmas, Greg. Uh, I know you celebrate very hard. Is that
3: how, is that how it works? Yeah. Well, you...
2: Hanukkah's coming up too, you know. I know, I know. Seven crazy nights. Um. Eight. And... Y- y- eight. are you
3: fucking kidding <laughs> me?
2: Uh, I love this. <laughs> um, tomorrow, today is the Penguin game, which is at, at Pittsburgh. And that is International Human Solidarity Day. So, you know, enjoy a day by yourself. And uh, enjoy watching the Penguins and the Rangers. Just, I, that game will be hard fought, as you expected it to be. And then we, on Friday, December 23rd, is Festivus. We, we are at home in MSG versus the Wild. And that'll be Eric Stahl's return to the Garden.
3: That'll be fun. So. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I've had to stay circled. I've waited for the great Eric Stahl to come uh, back. Me to too.
2: I, I wish I was going just to boo his ass. Oh, uh, man. I really do
3: not like that guy. Is Eric Stahl really worthy of booing?
2: Yes. Absolutely. He came to this team. Oh, why? Tell me.
3: Because he's just an insignificant footnote in the history of the New York Rangers.
2: He is insignificant. That's why I think he's worth booing, because he was the piece that was supposed to help us last year.
3: No, but, but him coming in wasn't like... Him coming in was a redundant piece being added. I don't blame Eric Stahl for him not being good for the Rangers. I blame the Rangers for trading so much away to get someone that maybe, possibly, could have helped their third line. Like, I, I I blame the front office for Eric Stahl's failures more than I do Eric Stahl.
2: Yeah, I guess so. There would be He, he kind of forced his way here, around. though, at the same time. He was like, I only really want to play in New York with my brother.
3: Yeah, so that's great. The Rangers didn't have to, you know, make the trade. They could have been like, that's cool. Have fun in Carolina. Have a like great life. They didn't life. have to make the deal. Yeah, you're right. It's not like Eric Stahl called him up and was like, you have to trade for me. And they were like, oh, okay. I had no idea. My apologies. Yeah. Sorry. Let's make this trade work. The Rangers didn't have to do it. It's like, uh, come on, we're, uh, we're 25 minutes, about yep. 23 minutes in this podcast. Haven't had a Met reference Ooh, yet. Ooh, here it comes. It would, be, it would be like the Mets trading for Justin Verlander and then Met fans being angry that they didn't score more runs. Yeah.
2: That would that's true. Like, Fine. Fine. Uh, that's a good comparison.
3: Yeah, it's like yeah, don't don't blame the Eric Stahl not scoring more goals for the Rangers when it really wasn't like yes, on the power play the Rangers were atrocious. But Eric Stahl was not the reason why the Rangers failed last year. He was just an insignificant footnote in the season that was. So I think honestly Eric Stahl should get no ovation, and I think that would say more about what his tenure was than if fans just booed him relentlessly. Save your boos for people that matter or that warrant the boo. Like save them all for Wayne Simmons. Yeah. fuck that guy. Just boo his ass more. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm
2: not a fan of his. Um, I do want to give
3: Stoll, Eric Swalsh insignificant. That's Insignificant.
2: That, he really is. does not warrant a reaction. That's the best way to describe Eric Stahl's uh, time here as a New York Ranger. Insignificant. Sure. Um, Insignificant. I do want to just give kudos to two other players, because I've already given my, my first star this week. I, uh, let's just say this. The two stars of the week are, are Lundquist and uh, and Nash. They both played their ass off this week. But I do want to just give a shout-out real quick to Jimmy VC for going out there and hitting this one of the sweetest showdown goals I've seen, and also to Zuccarello for playing like a goddamn Wolverine in that overtime. He took a puck away from three players in that overtime and that was one of the most impressive things I've seen and he just goes he's so much shorter and smaller than everyone and they like look at him they look at him like oh he's coming to get the puck from the three of us. He can't do that and he just takes it. It was it was a magic moment. Nothing really happened but it just like watching the play was incredible.
3: As much grief as I gave Saber fans for booing Jimmy V C because he didn't sign with Buffalo after they traded for him. Natural Predator fans are well within their right. To boo Jimmy VC. Oh, please, you can hold uh, up all
2: the signs. I, I know I, I'm cool with it.
3: Yeah, you, you you can do it because anytime a potential star player or a, a star prospect, I should say, anytime a star prospect says something like, hey, if you make the playoffs, I'll come back and play for you, and you're expecting him to be the difference maker, and then at the 11th hour he goes, you know what? Not so much. You want to play me on uh, the yeah, second no, line you,
2: in the playoffs and we have a good chance to win? No, I'd, no, rather, I'd rather be a
3: Ranger. <laughs> Yeah, you're 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 allowed to boot Jimmy V C. And for the record, let me also say I'm happy Jimmy V C made the decision that he did.
2: Same. Let me put that on record. I'm very happy.
3: Also also, see, this is why I struggle with A. V, because I want to hate A V at all times. I, I he's an idiot when it comes to defensive pairings and usually player management. But at the same time, I love A. V. Because he whips his fucking dick out in Nashville and lets Jimmy Vc take the first shootout goal because why the fuck not? Like, that's the A.V. I like. It's, right. the same, it's the same fucking problem I have with Terry Collins. I fucking hate Terry Collins and the way he manages the bullpen, but Terry Collins will sit down in front of the media and be like, you know what fucking happened today? We fucking sucked. And here's why we fucking sucked. <laughs> and I'm sorry that we fucking sucked, and I'm going to do better next time. And I'm like, Terry, nice. Where's this been? Just, I wish the Mets would be able to, like, just give all the pitching decisions to Dan Worthen. Like, let him make every pitching decision ever. Don't even let Terry have the option. Just, like, let fucking... Uh, Take away his keys. Let Boom make every defensive decision ever. If Boom wants to play Clendenning and Cinturati, fine. AV doesn't get a say. Let Boom do it.
2: I mean, I'm with you. That's, <laughs> that, was, that was quite the
3: red. I love
2: the Terry Collins part um
3: yeah yeah it's fucking cold so now i'm full I, of red because like if, if, if when i stop talking you gotta warm I think up. about how cold it is yeah that's true so the 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 continuous talking really uh it really helps really distracts out. the mind from everything else going on well we do
2: have something to talk about real quick and i i we have an announcement to make it's it's been officially a year of blue church breakaway give it up greg give it up <laughs> it's
3: it's <laughs> been i'm not taking my hands out of my pocket you're yeah. fucking crazy yeah. uh now, for, for the record, it's officially been a year and a week. It's been a year and like a week. Like the great hosts we are. We forgot last like week. Like the great hosts that we are, we, we <laughs> totally forgot that it was our birthday last week. It
2: was. But I want to just give a shout out to everyone who's, who's come on board uh, and, and joined us and our wonderful Blue Shirts Breakaway family uh, and our fellow Blue Shirts brethren over here at the podcast. It's been uh, We were very impressed when we first started this when we had three listeners, and now we have an episode that had 1,000 listens, and uh, we've come a long way. Uh we will have better quality as as Greg settles into Albany. Uh, I bought him a very nice Christmas gift today. Humble brag, humble brag. And
3: uh <laughs> a Humble brag. You you bought it. You I, can do whatever you want with it.
2: Yeah, that's true. I could throw it out. Oh. But I bought I, bought, I purchased Greg a mic today and we'll, we we will be getting better quality as it goes on. But I really just want to thank everyone for their support. We do get some nice emails from time to time and uh we've made some nice friends from from this little endeavor of ours. So we we're looking to get uh forward to next year. And uh, we do love you all and appreciate everything you
3: guys have, have said to us, except for like two and people. And I'd like to, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, coming up to us at Mohegan Sun this weekend. None of you did, and that was very nice of you <laughs> yeah, because pre- we weren't having a good time.
2: <laughs> appreciate it. I had an okay time, Greg though. Yeah.
3: Ooh, boy. Yeah, fuck you, me. That's all I have to say. I <laughs> was okay. Um, we went well. We went with a group of twenty-five people, and I honestly think two people left up. I think it was you and our friend Michael Spatt.
2: That was it. Yeah. That won money. Yep. I think that was it. I really do
3: think that was it. So, uh, I, And I, everyone else lost a significant amount of It money.
2: was No, no no one lost a little bit. It wasn't like anyone was like, I'm down 50. No. no. No
3: one. This is, this, is, this is important for our listeners. Everyone needs to know. The first night we were there, Friday night, uh, we sat down. If you've ever been to Mohegan Sun, there's a bow and arrow sports grill that is amazing. And the there break. are blackjack tables right outside the grill that you can watch TVs on and stuff. No joke, within 20 minutes, we commandeered two different blackjack tables. And within maybe 20 minutes, I think the 12 people that were combined sitting at these two tables were like, yeah, we're all down $200. And we don't know how it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. We got there late. I, and I've I, never seen anything like it. I went up to
2: my, our friend, a uh, good friend of ours. I won't say his name because I don't want out to him, out him. But he was like, uh, I just got here two hours ago. I'm down $400. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was
1: like, what the hell It happened? was
3: incredible. It was incredible. It, it, I, I've honestly never seen anything. It was, it's one of those moments where you're so taken aback by it that you're too stunned to walk away, because you say to yourself, "There's no way that this can just keep happening all night." Uh, it did. Yeah. It was it was amazing.
2: the whole weekend, I've never seen such a trip where everyone had such bad luck. So I I, oh, I, I stayed unreal. away. unreal. And
3: it wasn't just, and then it wasn't just like that. Uh, our diner we go to every morning the day after Mohegan was under renovation and oh not open. Uh, Fuck friendlies.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: Hold, oh, <on>. no. <laughs> we, Hold We on. we got another sponsor of the podcast. Hold Buffalo on. Wild Wings
2: and Friendlies. Fuck Friendlies. I I'm sorry for all the cursing on this podcast. Last week we didn't curse at all. This one we're going crazy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not either. I'm not. We our, our, our diner that we usually go to is attached to a bowling alley. It's a great time. We went to Friendlies
3: instead. And at this Friendlies, well, because the yeah, because the bowling alley was closed there, were, and the only, the real other reason we went to Friendlies. Uh, was because it was the only other thing within walking distance.
2: Right. And The roads were group. the
3: roads were shit. It was snowing. The roads were shit. None of us wanted to drive anywhere. So we either could have. Uh, oh shit. We either my phone okay, so – Okay, you're good.
2: you're right. Let, let, right. let me talk about friendlies real quick. We
3: got there. Well, I, well no, I just I just want to I just want to I just want to picture. The the decision, <laughs> the choices we had were not eat. Or go to friendlies. That those were the only two options.
2: That's true. There, yeah, it was either drive drive to another place, like the place we had on Sunday, which is a beautiful little brunch place, or go to friendlies. So, uh, my group of of people, that, uh, we did not know where everyone was. We finally found out where you were at friendlies. We got there at 11:10, I believe. Now, when we sat down, no, uh, you
3: got no, you got there, you got there. We got there at eleven twenty. Okay, doesn't matter the time. And we're heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. You got you got around noon.
2: Okay, fine. So we got there. Most places. Now, am I crazy? Most places will serve breakfast at least, you know, most of the day. Now, I might be, I might be nuts, but I sat down. Me and my friend formulated a plan of like, what are we gonna eat? Uh, definitely French toast, and we'll split an omelet. You know, like do trade negotiation. i all I want right now is is like a good breakfast. The lady comes up to me. I order my breakfast. She goes, "We don't serve breakfast anymore." I throw my menu over my head. There's kids in sitting in this friendlies, and I just walk over to you guys, where you're all sitting a little bit away from us, and scream at you, "Are you kidding me?" Um, and I, I kind of threw a, ta- a, a tantrum and a hissy fit about breakfast. I'm, I was a little bitch. I won't lie, but I sat back down and I ordered a crispy chicken wrap. It came out. It was just lettuce and mustard. <laughs> it was only lettuce and mustard okay. at all. I know you well, got a good one. I have.
3: I, I have responses for you. First of okay. all, you can't throw a temper tantrum and then expect your food to be good. No, I knew it was. That's on you. I knew you, I was eating should have done, What you should have done is be a man and just go back to the hotel and not eat. Yeah. Once, you, once, you throw a, once you throw a temper tantrum, you then lose all rights to complain about the food because they should make your food like shit. They made it like shit, they and, and I knew should. they were
2: going to spit in it, and they should have. I probably ate a ton of saliva yeah. and some other stuff. And
3: they are within their rights because you're an asshole. So, <laughs> like, if you're going to be an asshole, embrace the asshole and leave the restaurant. Yeah. Don't then just sit there and complain about the food. Yeah, That's I on did. you. I, for, that, for that, I feel bad for friendlies. Now, here's the thing. To your question, do most places continue to serve breakfast mostly throughout the day? Uh, diners do. Okay. If you go to a diner, you can order breakfast whenever you want. That's true, yes. Or Waffle House. You I can guess order I'm spoiled breakfast from, from the Long
2: Island diners in my life, yeah.
3: Well, here's, here's the thing. I've always, in my head, like, I always treat Denny's and Friendly's like chain diners. And, like, like, that was my impression of Friendly's when I went there. I was like, that, that was me too. they do breakfast all day.
2: Yeah, it's like a shitty like, diner. Like, I can eat ice cream miss- at 9 a.m. Why well, that- can't I eat breakfast at
3: 3? Right, right. That's, that's I think, the mistake we all made. We assumed Friendly's was like a shitty diner, when really Friendly's is just a shitty train restaurant.
2: Yeah, and the ice cream, I'm sure, is amazing. Uh, my table got ice cream. I refused to get it because I knew it would have poop stains in it. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you
3: should have just left. Like, I don't. I really don't feel bad for you having bad food because. But it wasn't just there me is that no had bad Rachel food. It was everyone except for you, maybe. Right, but but here's the thing: everyone kind of was expecting bad food because it's friendlies. Yeah. So if you're expecting a five star, like, Mike, I got the same thing you did. I had no complaints. I wasn't expecting like the greatest crispy right. chicken sandwich of all time. Yeah. I was just expecting something to put in my stomach, uh, and you know uh, what? It was. it, it did that. Our
2: good it friend Mike Rock purpose. got the same it thing as me. soaked up alcohol. And we mostly just ate lettuce and mustard. So it was really fucking bad. Yeah,
3: but, I but know. that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't feel – you should have just left. You should have – I know, I should have just let, walked in. Let's, let's, let's talk about the pantry cafe because – Oh, my uh, God. You guys – I have stories from our breakfast. Okay. Uh, in, it, because the food was great, first of all.
2: Um, I, by I the had, way, welcome to Talking Food with Greg and Ryan.
3: Oh, the, the the Pantry Cafe in uh, Norwich, Connecticut, cannot be highly recommended enough. Now, here's here's the problem. Uh, the Pantry Cafe holds itself in high regards. It's a place that likes to smell its own farts. It definitely does that. Is the vibe I get from it. Sure. So, I was not in the mood for a place that liked to smell its own farts. I wanted a place that would just throw breakfast food at me until I couldn't eat anymore. Okay. Um, and so did our friend. Uh, Mike Arajema.
2: Right, okay. That's all we
3: wanted. Mike, Mike ordered three items on the menu. And the waitress just goes, that's a lot of food. Are you sure you want it? Uh, bitch, yeah. I wanted to (laughs) fucking order it if I didn't want it. I mean... I don't need your goddamn judgment.
2: I got a lot of food. It was, it was great. I mean, I know we're reviewing a restaurant no one knows anything about, and probably no one lives in Newark,
3: Connecticut here. But it was, it was a great great time. just, uh, Mike, Mike got two certain, like... There are words for like there are actual names on the menu but since people don't know the names on the menu. Mike got two servings of bacon. Okay. Um, two toasted english muffins. Was it two not enough? pieces of french two pieces of french toast. Okay. Um, and then a bacon egg and cheese on a roll. Was that not not And enough? and uh, eggs two eggs over easy.
2: Okay. <laughs> like,
3: Mike did get a lot of food. But you know you want to know what else Mike did? Mike ate all his fucking food.
2: Yeah, because I'm a fucking man, bro. That's what you gotta do.
3: I mean, yeah, I just, I do have a, like that place. I, I don't mean, know what your point
2: here was. It was wonderful I, experience. <laughs>
3: my point, my point here is no waitress should ever ask, "Are you sure that's what you want?" That seems like a lot of food. You're right.
2: I, I, I know, know what I, want. I
3: said. Just listen here, lady. Use your pen. <laughs> write words down on that piece of paper, and then bring me that fucking food. I had and I'll a great tell you time. What I will and will not do.
2: And I will say, I, I might admit, I searched for some of the staff on Instagram afterwards. So, um, we'll just leave it. At well, that. yeah,
3: because apparently, apparently, the girl from that awkward moment worked there, and she's love of my life. She
2: was love of my life. Um, so shout out to the pantry girl, and uh, shout out to the pantry. Fuck friendlies, and uh, happy one year anniversary. Before we go, I do want to talk one yeah. more quick thing. Spoiler alert coming up for everyone else. Rogue One. I just want to hit it two minutes. Are we talking minutes. Rogue One? Two, oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, turn, 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 off, turn off the fucking podcast. If yeah, if you, you haven't yeah, seen Rogue it, One, get the fuck deep. out
2: of here. Uh, we're cursing a lot. And follow us on Twitter at Bushwitchbreak, Instagram Bushwitchbreakaway, Facebook Bushwitchbreakaway, Bushwitchbreakaway, Bushwitchbreakaway. Uh, thank you for all your anniversary wishes. We love you all. Rogue One, spoiler start now. Okay, that movie is at least Whoa. the third best Star Wars. At least.
3: Oh, uh. uh I'm just saying, because we watched a little bit of the prequels this weekend. Think- They're fucking awful. Oh, oh yeah, we watched too much of the prequels this week, and they're still shit. Uh, I think, yeah, comfortably one of the three. I think it's in my top two. Ooh,
2: you got Empire first, right? Empire, and then, and then Rogue One.
3: Here's the thing. Uh, I think it is Empire, but I think the the hard one for me is I don't know if it. I think Rogue One is number two. Empire one. I think I'd put episode seven before Jedi.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's my ranking too. I have the same ranking. So I go, I go Empire, <laughs> but, New Hope, Rogue One, uh, Return of the Jedi, Episode Seven. Or maybe I. Yeah, they, I think
3: I, I put. I think I put. I think I put seven before Jedi.
2: Okay, that's fair. Uh, those are interchangeable at, at some point. They're both great movies. This yeah. movie had me. I, and I, I, Giggling like a kid the entirety of the time. I I was smiling like, like a Cheshire cat, like
3: sitting there. Here's like the, here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about this movie. Uh, it's the first Star Wars where you know the ending. Yeah, you know what's gonna happen. You know exactly what's gonna happen, but you don't know the process in which it happens. Which, those movies can be difficult, right? Where you know the ending and you just you need to know how you get there. Um, because if if the movie if the movie isn't that great and you already know the ending? It feels like you, like you judge it more harshly because you feel like you've wasted 90 minutes of your life. Exactly. Like you knew the ending. You didn't need to see the movie. So any movie like that is very hard to live up to high expectations. Well, oh, they make it worse. And it. I think all of, us, all of us went into that movie with extremely high expectations and they just blew it out of the water. And finally, you know, I'm just so fucking happy that the greatest Star Wars loophole of all time has now been closed.
2: The, the, uh, the reason why there's no, like, bars on the, on the Death Star? Like, why, why there's open vents everywhere? just,
3: just the reason, just the reason why there's, like, a kill switch. Yeah. Like, the, the greatest loophole of all time is, has always been, well, why make the fucking kill switch? Just put something there.
2: Yeah, well, now we know.
3: No one is, no one, no one explains why that was, and this movie explains why that was.
2: And it, and it really does it, make they it. did
3: it. Per- they did it perfectly.
2: I know it's great, and there's so many scenes that are just mind blowing. Like all, all the space, like uh, dog fighting scenes, just get me so giddy. Uh, seeing X wings and Y wings like do those ground like the, over the beaches is just a sight that I like w- would think and dream about as a kid, and to watch them come to life. It's and, a war movie. Yeah, it's a it's a war Probably. espionage movie. Like legit, it stands alone. It, like if a- if there was no Star Wars, this movie would still be good. Period.
3: Well, I don't know about that. It I wouldn't think, be great. It I would not be I, great. It would be good. No, I, this is not. This is not a standalone movie for sure. Um, because you you needed the background. That's true. One, and you needed to know. You need, You needed to know why you gave a shit about the Death Star, and you needed to know who Darth Vader was.
2: Oh, we gotta we gotta hit that real quick. The alert, okay. big time coming right now. When the last Vader scene, when he walks in. And the lightsaber glows up, and you those guys can't get out of there. He just murders all of them and grabs the gun. It is I would have that as my desktop. That that like two minute scene is so enthralling and just shows the absolute power of who he has. And like Vader is such a cool villain. It's so weird that Anakin was so shit before then. Like they did such a bad job uh, making him. You know anything?
3: Yeah, I mean we spent we spent way too much time what the the prequels were on like TNT this entire weekend. And I feel like that was our background noise for anything we were doing. Yeah. And, uh, every, every time all of us were just commenting about how awful it was. The CGI but, uh, is just,
2: it's just like, when you, you, you kind of forget how bad it is. The, you, you watch I, like, Oh my God.
3: I, yeah, no, I totally forgot how bad the CGI was. And then I, you see it and you're just like, how, how did this get made? It's, Why is this? It really is like impressive. But take it. I, I take it one step further. Uh, Hayden Christensen might be the worst actor of all time. Mm, I think he got terrible. dealt a
2: bad head. I think he got dealt a shitty script.
3: I uh, uh, no, I I think I think it's a shitty script and a shitty actor. I I don't think anyone was doing him any favors, but he is his own worst enemy. I know. Um, I, hashtag lit. Really. Hashtag lit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, I have a I. Something that's always bothered me, right? So, Senator Amadala. Okay. She is played by Natalie Portman. Yep. Through all three movies. Yep. How old were we to believe she was in episode one? I think... I get a very early 20s vibe from her, right?
2: I think she's actually supposed to be a teen like, at that point. I think she's supposed to be 14 in episode one. I think. I'm not... I'm not 14. I... I'm not as much okay, a nerd. Okay, how, to say how that.
3: old how old is how old is Anakin? We're supposed to believe he's eight. Yeah, he's eight-ish. Yeah, it, let's let's even I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say that Amidala in one is fourteen. Okay, I don't think there's any now. Oh, um, this is a very broad a- according stroke, to Google. I'm here.
2: Just just side side note. According to Google, Padme Amidala is fourteen years old in the first
3: episode. Okay. What fourteen-year-old girl meets an eight-year-old boy that she eventually turns out to have feelings for, where the eight-year-old boy immediately has feelings for her?
2: Yeah, that doesn't happen. And and also, I've never a dick.
3: understood. I've never understood. I just, I, I don't. I didn't. I don't like it. It it don't sit well with me, Ryan. It doesn't sit with never, me I never either, liked right? that. I never liked that a fourteen-year-old. uh took all this love and admiration from an eight-year-old boy and didn't, like, turn it down a couple of years later when, I don't know, you should?
2: Yeah, and, you know, getting force choked out in the last episode. But back to Rogue One real yeah. quick, I just want to say the entire movie experience was incredible. They do great fan service, and you could tell the director's paid expert attention because there's a lot of Easter eggs in the background that you don't pick up on the first time. Um, there's, like, Blue Milk in the background. That's, like, in episode, episode 4. And like also episode two, it's it's crazy the amount of detail they put into this. The side characters and cast. Well, they
3: also they also they use deleted clips from. Yep. Uh, episode four. Yep. And they they use the magic of CGI to bring people back from the dead.
2: Yeah, which is those guys like they look a little creepy, but it, when I first saw them, I couldn't tell. So I was like, "Wow, that's really impressive."
3: I couldn't. Th- I I didn't notice until a friend of ours brought it up. I was like, what?
2: Yeah, yeah. Say, say what? Say what? Great,
3: um, so great job by but that. But yeah, no, my, uh, it was, it was fantastic. And, um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's just, Felicity Jones. Oh. I don't know what you need me, I don't know what you <laughs> need from me, uh, to make this possible, but, like, I fell in love with Daisy Ridley after episode seven. I was like, I don't think I'll ever love a woman like I do Daisy Ridley. Right. And then Felicity Jones comes in my life and is like, well now I'm just conflicted.
2: Yeah, now you got tough times with Star Wars loves. Yeah, those both of them are, are something to look at.
3: I will say, maybe maybe the happiest well not happiest because, you know. Uh big spoiler here. Big but spoilers coming right now. I was very I was very, very, very pleased that we didn't get the corny um Jin and Cats I mean? are Han Solo's parents. Yep. I'm so happy we
2: didn't get that. And I'm because also happy that
3: they, that potential that potential was 100 percent there. It was, and I like that. Nope, that's that's not it. I I very much like it.
2: Me too, and I also like that they also. Uh, well, they couldn't be Han Solo's parents because the timeline's right before Episode Four. So, but maybe. Um, but also that. Well, I just like that they all died. But be you, you
0: could have.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, and you could have also somehow adjusted the timeline where it's not immediately before episode four. That's like fine. maybe it took, maybe it took uh, another couple years to figure out how to actually destroy the fucking thing. But I do like that. Literally you could end rogue one and start watching episode four. Like right. away, And it's almost like a continuous, it's a continuous line. It, it's great. Um, but and uh, the
2: fact that they killed everyone the thing, and didn't like where, have this happy ending where so like, like, Jane Escapes, like, was perfect. They they needed to go. Um,
3: there's one other thing I was... Oh, um... Am I just the only idiot? I had no idea the Death Star could travel
2: I, at warp speed. I didn't know either, but I guess we should have known. I think I, I knew that, but I forgot. It's crazy that it can.
3: No, but here's... here's if, the, if the Death Star can travel at warp speed, then why does it take 20 fucking minutes for it to get in position to destroy that planet in the fourth movie? Yeah, that, that is true. Like that, that was the one thing in my mind. I was like, all right, if this thing could travel at warp speed, now I have questions about how it takes 20 minutes to go. What felt like less than a nautical mile. Right.
2: All right. Well, Greg, you need to, you need to get the hell out of here. You got to go back to work. Um, but, uh, Oh yeah. I
3: forgot about that. Yeah. What time is it? It's 8:00. Yep. I absolutely. It's eight o'clock. I yep. got to go.
2: I got to go. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. We'll we will be back next week. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and all the et cetera. Bye.
3: I'm getting out, getting out of the car.